Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. There's going to be a bit of an echo because I'm on Skype and I have a guest there, Wendy Handler. I'm going to introduce her to you just now. But let me first start by, by thanking DJ Flo, Bussy, Craig and Tabo for actually getting all of us presenters on air and allowing us to go on with our programs. It's, it's very important at the moment. But I'd like to just start by saying Bokor or to Wendy. And that is morning light, I believe, Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, let me tell you, Wendy is the founder of Kalenu, one of the founders. It's a helpline for victims of abuse in the Jewish community. She's a speech therapist. She's a logotherapist. She's also a more to life coach. And a, 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 she is a mentor of the power of um, self-esteem and the power of purpose courses. She's a Robertson. She's a mother. She's a wife. But to me, most importantly, she's a good friend. Hello, Wendy. Hi, Sue. Thank you for having me at this very um, interesting time of life. I'm it is an interesting today. It is an interesting time, Wend, and I know you were as anxious about Skype as I was, so thank you so much for sharing this anxiety with me. <laughs> it's a great pleasure. Now, <laughs> yeah. uh, Wend, you know, we were talking, our topic is the new norm, and since last night, it's become even more uh, a norm now that we have to go into three weeks, 21 days of quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, you sent me the, the message from, um, Bill Gates. And he said that behind everything, there's a spiritual purpose that happens. Now, what do you feel? Do you feel that this coronavirus is teaching us something about the spiritual purpose? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so clear. You know, when something is so explicit, um, so powerful across the entire world, then there's a message that we need to be learning. You know, what the message exactly is, well, there are many. And the truth is the messages are, are um, most probably individual uh, for most people. You know, um, there are many that we can look at that apply collectively. But at the end of the day, I think the challenge is for each person to find their own meaning in this set of circumstances. It's almost like this this incident has got a a, a message. It's a gift to each person to say, what am I missing in my own life? What is God so dramatically calling me to, calling me to look at, to take stock of, to make changes around? You know, one can't avoid that. this. And I think you're so right. I mean, we do have this human ability to transcend above our circumstances, look down on them, and find what this time is actually asking of us. Uh, It is a challenging time. And and what about us can we hold on to and what can we change? 
Mm. You know, I think that um, what we, what we, m- most of us are combating internally is 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 overwhelming anxiety mm. for our own health, for our loved ones' health, for our extended families, for our community, for society at large. And I think that on an unprecedented level, this collective anxiety and also fear, fear. And the result of that is, is a, a level of, of, of depression and, and misery. And that is over and above what the circumstances prescribe. That's our own individual um, response that we need to watch out for. Because my concern is that what is what is that ongoing sort of negativity internally due to our immune systems? Mm. I mean, this is a time when, I mean, Viktor Frankl was the father mm. of psychoneuroimmunology. Right, and, absolutely. And he knew very well what depression does to, did to people in the camps, that mm. the people who were beset by this, this fear and negativity and anxiety and an inability to transcend it gave up. And died. And I think that, I mean, that's a hectic situation. I'm not drawing an analogy. What I am saying is that this is the battle. You know, it's not so much the internal, the external battle, which is being fought for us on a governmental level. We just need to adhere to the rules and regulations and keep ourselves as safe as possible and others as safe from us potentially as possible. But it's the eternal battle, the internal battle that's the hard one to fight. And that really uh, needs our attention. It really does. And, you know, there is, I mentioned on my show last week that there's a condition called the pre-traumatic uh, depression, which is uh, instead of the post-traumatic, it's the pre-traumatic, which is the anticipatory anxiety that you're talking about. It's the fear of, of what might be. And when they're in the camps, certainly they never knew what might be from one day to another. And I think a lot of us at the moment are living with that sort of fear because there isn't an outcome. Yeah. We can actually hold on to. It's unknown. So we are facing the unknown. But you know what Victor Frankl did say was that it doesn't really matter um, what we expect from life, but what life expects from us. Right. And, and you know, this is, is an, such an opportunity for us to look at our own individual responses. You know, mm. what will we bring to this challenge? What is it calling out from each one of us? You know, and, you know, I was listening to a shi'or um, by Rebbe Hiller on suffering. And, right. you know, she, she talks about the, the, the different responses one is able to give to suffering. You know, one starts off possibly with anger, with um, a sense of betrayal, with despair and depression. And those are negative responses, obviously. And then she moves on to what are, what are healthier responses? And one of them is that this is what God wants for me right now. You know, she, she gives examples of people who haven't, are in their thirties and forties and are still not married and have been searching for their match mm-hmm. for people with illness, um, who aren't able to do what they thought they could and would have wanted to and what they'd expected from life. And she says it's really the attitude that one brings that makes all the difference. For example, instead of saying, 
I'm not married. I'm angry with God. This isn't how it should have been. Why is this happening to me? I can't bear this. To say, this is my situation right now. What can I do with what I'm given now? For example. So so it's in the unavoidable circumstances. Yes. She gives an example of a person who's suffering with loneliness. And I think that's very applicable to the times we're in. That's mm-hmm. a big challenge that most of us are most fearful of in terms of social isolation is the loneliness. She says, so a person who is in a situation where they potentially can succumb to loneliness can use the time very well to introspect, to fill themselves to do courses, to learn a new language, all the things that someone who's very busy and torn and pulled in a million directions and says, you know, they'd love to be able to do that but can't, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's an opportunity to grab the moment and to say, what is this offering me? What what can I do that's meaningful? We're going to be going to um, an ad break just held on there. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on High FM, and I'm back again with Wendy Hendler. My program is Finding Human. If you would like to SMS us, you can on 34519, or you can telegram us on 061 8931019 Wendy Hendler is my guest and she and I are talking via Skype there might be an echo for you it might not all be clear but I'm hoping you can hear us we're now just going to a, a, a YouTube called One Interconnected System by Rabbi uh, Pinchas Taylor and then Wendy and I will discuss this The Torah does not accept the premise that an act done alone in private only affects oneself. In the Torah, there are no such thing as private acts. I can't indulge in drug abuse in private and say that my actions only affect myself and nobody else. Basic sociology would dictate that if I'm using, if I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing in private, that there's going to be some uh, ripple effect into the general fiber of society. Science also now knows that in many complex systems, small causes can have very unpredictable effects. It's said only half-jokingly that if a butterfly flaps its wings on this end of the world, that it causes a tsunami on the other end of the world. Whether that's factual or not is, is, is ir- irrelevant. The point is that one action in one area can have tremendous results on the other side. How much more so in the spiritual world? How much more so when we realize that, spiritually speaking, on a soul level, that we're all interconnected? Our actions are not trivial acts, and the consequences are immense. The Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, says in his Mesilis Yisharim that if a person is pulled after the lusts of this world and drawn away from his creator, he taints himself, not only, but he also taints the world around him as well. In the same way that if he controls himself, he uplifts not only himself, but he uplifts the entire world as well. We're one interconnected system. 
and our actions have far-reaching effects. Humankind is like one large body with one large soul. There's no such thing as a private act that will only affect that area of the body. The entire body is affected. Our actions have tremendous effect on another person on the other side of the world, even unbeknownst to us. Sometimes it's like if you went to a doctor and you didn't know any better, you come with an ailment, your leg hurts. So you tell the doctor, my leg hurts, I need some sort of either ointment or medicine or so whatever it is. So the doctor says, here, here's some medicine to take for your thing, for your ailment, or here's a shot that I'm going to give you in your arm. And if you didn't know any better, you tell the doctor, hey, wait a second, the ailment is in my leg. Why are you giving me a shot in my arm or medicine in my mouth? The problem is in my leg. So if, if you do know better, and we do know better, that the body is one interconnected system, that putting the medicine in your mouth or the shot in your arm will affect the entire body and make everything even in your leg okay. When we do a mitzvah here, when we do what we need to do right here in Plantation, Florida, it, the effect is not only for us and our own life and even for our own community, but our single act, our single mitzvah can have an effect on another side of the world. My tefillin today could help an Israeli soldier on the battlefield or help a sick, an ailing person in the hospital on the other side of the world. It only works because we are an interconnected system. So today, when you're going about your day, think to yourself, take an extra bit of thought in the actions that we're doing. Think that when I do this mitzvah, when I do this one extra good deed today, I'm going to help affect not only myself, but because we're an interconnected system, I'm going to affect the entire world. Have a wonderful day. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Wendy Hendler. And we have just been listening to that YouTuber, Rabbi Pinchas Taylor. And Wendy, it's exactly what you were talking about before the break, the interconnectedness of us all. And, and whether we like it or not, we're each accountable for the person we become and for how we respond to other people. Isn't that true? It's so true. It's so true. And I just want to quote from you a beautiful um, uh, little few lines from Dr. Clarissa Estes. She's the authoress of Women Who Run With the Wolves. Mm -hmm. And she says, in any dark time, there's a tendency to veer towards fainting over how much is wrong or unmended in the world. Do not focus on that. Do not make yourself ill with overwhelm. There's a tendency to fall into being weakened by perseverating on what is outside your reach, by what cannot yet be. Do not focus there. And then she says, we are all needed. That is all we can know. And she says, our world, our task is not to fix the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that was in our, that is within our reach. Any small, calm thing that one, one soul can do to help another soul will help immensely. So she says, one of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul shines like gold in dark times. Struggling souls catch light from other souls who are fully lit and willing to show it. So that's well, really that's beautiful. Soul that shines like gold in dark times. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? So, so that is really that is really what we're being asked for to find our own souls and let them shine. Absolutely. You know, it, it reminds me of a of a story of a little sparrow. I've told the story before, but I always love it because, in to me, it it means so much about human nature too. Because the whole world was in absolute chaos. What we're facing right now. And the, a little sparrow was lying on its back with its feet, its little spindly legs stuck straight up in the sky. And all the inhabitants of the earth were running around and running around and shouting, shouting, quickly, quickly, run, run, fly, fly. The, the sky is falling down. The sky is falling down. And the little sparrow said, you run while I hold up the sky. Mm, how beautiful. Isn't that how beautiful? And I think and that's what, what it is now. Absolutely. That's what we're each being asked to do. Hold mm. up each other's sky. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard because, you know, we're being inundated with constant bad news. And it mm. feels like it's going from bad to worse. You know, and we're online and we're watching and we're like constantly being bashed down by shock after shock after shock. And it's hard to be resilient in the face of this. And we've got to look for the chunks of of, uh, sort of space in life that we can breathe, you know, to give us a breathing space. Because Mm. I think a lot of people right now are feeling that they are gasping for breath because they don't. It is so uncertain. Mm-mm. You know, I'm thinking like when I think what is being taken away from us right now, mm-hmm. what is mainly being taken away is our social interactions. Right. And part of me thinks maybe we haven't valued them sufficiently. You know, to, to think of having a Pesach Seder, you know, without the, the benefit of community, of, fr- of friends, of, of, pe- of guests into one's Absolutely. home. Mm. What is that for us? Mm. Absolutely. And as humans, we are, we, we do need that connection with other humans. But I think as Jews, it's something very much in our culture to be connected, that interconnectedness, to celebrate the festivals together, the Shabbos together. It's so much part of us that I know that I personally I'm struggling with the, the fact that it's changed so much. Mm-mm. I think people are quite terrified. You know, how do I actually manage to get through uh, two days of Yontif, one day of Shabbos, with no external input or stimulation, just relying on our own inner resources? And right. I think we need to prepare ourselves for that in some way. You know, prepare uh, reading materials, prepare um, quizzes, prepare... Um, Whatever it is that one can do, that one wants to share, you know, things that you've read up on and learned about that you're wanting to share, you know, learn together as a family, um, play, play we're together. Just, we're going to come back to that in a moment. We're just going to air break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, it's Sue Jackson. I'm back with Wendy Hendler. Um, I actually didn't ask for that um, 
um, YouTube, uh, that message from Rabbi uh, Fox, but it was a good message, wasn't it, Wend? I don't know where it came from, but, but maybe they're putting it on High FM at the moment, but it was a good message, I must admit. Um, it was absolutely perfect for what we're all facing at the moment, you know, because, because, because this is being sent by Shem. Mm-hmm. It's not coming from nowhere. That's such a tiny, minute uh, little virus is devastating the world. You know, one, one, one has to realize that this is a message that's sent for tikkun olam in some way. It's meant to be correcting us on an, on a, on a collective level and on an individual level. You know, we need to wake up and say, okay, how do we make meaning out of this? What is our response going to be? And when we, I'm hoping that Craig's listening because we were actually are supposed to be going on to Alex Patakos searching for meaning, and then I'd like to get back to what meaning is is asking of us. Craig, if you're there, could you put Alex Patakos on? Why do we do the things that we do? Let's find out by asking Dr. Alex Patakos, the author of Prisoners of Our Thoughts. Alex, tell me. What are the drivers, the really deep core drivers that uh, form the basis of psychotherapy and also form the drives that make us do the things that we do? That primary intrinsic motivation of all human beings is a search for meaning. We want to feel that we, our life makes a difference, that we matter, and that we're doing something to actually have an effect on the, on, the, on the world. If most of us could spend more time at an earlier age focusing on meaningful values and meaningful goals, i.e. the will to meaning, we'd probably have a, a, a different environment. We'd probably have, we treat each other differently. We probably wouldn't have the lethargy and the powerlessness that exists politically and in business and in our personal lives. Hmm. So if meaning was a core value that we kind of look at as a compass, if we look at the will to meaning as our compass, if we've got power over here and pleasure over here, I'm trying to direct it more towards meaning, not the say that we don't want pleasure in our life, we don't want power, because we have to have some of that. It sounds to me that connected to this notion of meaning, this, this will to meaning, is a sense of share, something shared, either shared meaning perhaps or shared experience. Can you comment on that? Yeah. Well, it's, I, you're absolutely right. I think that the idea of pleasure and power, first of all, they're also external to us. We're constantly seeking them. And, I mean, how many uh, People Jam uh, members have gone out and, you know, say, getting ready for a holiday and we're shopping for our family or our friends or we're looking forward to a, a trip or a party, and then afterwards it's almost anticlimactic. You know, we shopped until we dropped, and then we're saying, is that all there is? We need to spend some time discovering and doing some self-discovery as to what drives us and why do we want that promotion? Why do we want that relationship? Uh, what does that person or the job bring back to us? So it is a much more internalized kind of a, of, of a journey than it is cir- see, you know, searching outside of ourselves. And then it's always a fleeting kind of a thing because we're never going to get enough pleasure, even mm-hmm. if we're addicts. We're never going to get enough pleasure. We're never going to get enough power there's, because there's always somebody that's more, got more power than us. There's always something more to get in terms of pleasure. There's another bigger, bigger house, more cars, That's whatever. True. But the idea here is, is that we do want to try to encourage people to look at the meaning of what they do and how they're living their lives and how they're working now rather than later. Excellent food for thought for those people here in People Jam who are already blogging their, their experiences of their lives. Perhaps uh, they'll find meaning in those experiences. Mm-hmm. Keep blogging and keep watching People Jam experts for more superb advice from Dr. Alex Patakos. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, I'm back on Skype with Wendy Hendler. And when that was exactly what we were talking about, 
you know, it's that the the defiant power actually of the human spirit. We can say I am alive. I choose to live in this moment to share my load, my love, my compassion and my care. And again, what is this challenge asking of me? When, mm. uh, you know, when he said it's an internalized journey, do you, that's exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I was also thinking in terms of Viktor Frankl's teachings, you know, mm-hmm. the way we respond to, to difficulties. One of us is using our creative values, you know, so I think it's very much at this time a call to creativity. Mm-hmm. How will we fill out our time meaningfully using our own um, creativity? Um, you know, I, we got a message this morning from a lady in our shul asking my husband to do a, a, a Zoom conference get-together for the shul members on Motse Shabbos on Saturday night where we'll right. do some singing, some words of Torah, some inspirational input, some learning. And I thought that was a most magnificent idea. You know, to reach out from one's home into the community and connect via technology. And Wendy's husband, Wendy's husband is Rabbi Ron Handler, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of wisdom to share. That's really worth knowing, Wendy. I must admit, I'm blown away by what is coming out in our community worldwide, actually, with the, the the different rabbis giving their take on what's happening, different people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, blogging. It's quite mm-hmm. amazing. But, you know, you go back to creativity, and that is all creativity. Our words are creativity. Mm-hmm. When Just before we went to advert, you were saying that we need to be creative around Pesach because of uh, of not being with our grandchildren and the ch- what the children are not going to be sharing with with their cousins and everything, so mm-hmm. it's got to be very creative. When what what were you actually saying about what you believe well, you need to do? I think that um, sort of maybe to divide up the the, the parts, you know, the Haggadah into parts that we want to focus on. And for each person to prepare something that they want to put across, you know, around that, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, really to work hard at this, to prepare if they're children, to, pre- to prepare quizzes, to prepare little plays, to dress up, to decorate, um, to make it very, for those with small children, to make it very child focused, mm-hmm. um, which is even harder when you don't have a lot of children, you know, where they're going to keep each other busy with the activities. Um, it does call on real effort and thought and some time put aside to doing that. And I think we're going to see the benefit of that, of that preparation in the kind of Seder that we are going to manage to, you know, to create. It's, it's challenging, but there are a lot of resources online. Um, for children's activities um, around Pesach. There's a fortune, you know, and um, one can prepare um, in advance. Whatever one does, one can prepare by um, drawing things or creative activities with the children using clay and, and whatever it might be to, to prepare the children to present little um, excerpts themselves at the Seder. Yes. 
Absolutely. No, there is, there's so much to do and there will be even more online, I'm sure. But, you know, mm. I think often we need to also realize that, um, you know, sometimes people, there's generations of emotional, neurotic men and women. It's kind of gone through the generations. And I, I think this is the time also to look within, to say, I'm stopping this now. The chain stops here. It breaks here. Mm. And mm. you know what? Our family, friends, our children need us to be calm in the face mm. of this unknown. And children especially need to feel safe that there will still be a Pesach, that we will still have fun. And mm. it's not up to them to make their parents feel safe. Exactly. And I think it's also a time for all of us to ask ourselves, what of my past no longer serves me? We're right, all in exactly. this together. Let's see what I can let go of to make it easier mm-hmm. for people that I am being forced to live with all the time. You know, and um, exactly. Do you agree with that, Wendy? I agree with you. I agree with you so wholeheartedly. I mean, I found these quotes from Araya Mountain Dreamer. Well, it's poetry. Oh, I love. And yeah. She, oh, these three just little passages are so magnificent. She says. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty every day. And if you can source your own life from its presence, it with a capital I, from God's Mm -hmm. presence. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. And I think what she's talking to is challenging that neuroticism. Mm, and I mean, absolutely. truly, it's those attitudinal values of Viktor Frankl. And I think what would help is for us to listen to what our inner dialogue, a monologue is saying. Mm. For example, I'm going to get sick. My children are going to get sick. This one is going to suffer. You know, the world will never be the same. I'm not going to manage this. Everything's falling apart. You know, and, and r- even write down all of those pieces of of talk inside one's head, write them down because they're subconsciously plaguing us. They play out and they running our lives and running our thinking. So look at each one of those and say, is that statement actually true? Is the world never going to be the same, you know, in a negative way? Is Mm -hmm. everything collapsing? Like nothing is, nothing is okay. You know, um, is there going to be um, overwhelming illness in my family? You know, is that true, false, or is that I really don't know? And that's that anticipatory anxiety and that pre that uh, pre traumatic stress, and it can cause havoc. You know, there's a na- Native American saying which says it means to keep. Um, uh, no, it means. Just let me think. It means letting the tears flow through grief. It means to keep looking for the answer through the darkness of despair, even if it's all around us. Each step will take you closer to the top of the hill, closer to the light of the next sunrise and a promise of a new day. And I think it's actually being mindful of the fact that the sun is rising in the morning. The sun is setting at night. The moon is coming up. The moon is waning. It's, we need to actually begin the, the, we had wonderful rains. We need to stop and feel that rain. Watch the sun rise. Watch the sun set. 
see the moon, actually begin to appreciate all that beauty around us. It's what Viktor Frankl called the experiential values of life, which are free, free for us. And we need to start really, which is the companionship, it's love, it's friendship. Start really searching for that, recognizing it in our lives. We don't have to search too far. Mm. And the truth is, is that, that not everything is is bad. We yes. have we have an opportunity for such quality time, you know, uh, with all our complaining about our busyness. This is a time to stop, and to be, and to spend quality time, and to get to know one's family members, and to yes. and to spend time with ourselves in quiet, and to meditate, and to mm. breathe. And to look at, sit in our gardens and see the beauty. I mean, the list is endless. You know, it's, it's really a choice one has in terms of how one wants to look at what's going on. You know, I mean, here's, here's what, what, um, what the, the woman, um, Dr. Clarissa Estes says again about despair. And I think it's so important that we just hear this message. She says, mm-hmm. I too have felt despair many times in my life, but I do not keep a chair for it. I will not entertain it. It is not allowed to eat from my plate. The reason is this. In my uttermost bones, I know something, as do you. It is that there can be no despair when you remember why you came to earth, who you serve, and who sent you here. You know, and, and that's that's what it is. Like, why did we come to earth? Who sent us here? You know, yeah. we can give in to despair, or we can say we have breath, we have life, we have our health today, and now what? And Viktor Frankl says that despair is life without meaning. So it's exactly what you're saying. We're going again to, to advert, and then we'll be back. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. I'm back with Wendy Hendler. If you want to send us a, a WhatsApp, I think you still can on 34519. Wendy, you know, I was going back to Bill Gates during that uh, short um, interview there, and I, I see that he said, it is reminding us of the shortness of life and of what is most important for us to do, which is to help each other, especially those who are old or sick. Our purpose is certainly not to buy toilet rolls. Mm-hmm. And this is the transitory nature of life, isn't it? Absolutely. You, you know, I think that in our normal lives, in the, the, run, the running of our normal lives, we tend to think we have forever. Mm-hmm. We don't notice the passing of time. We are so focused on the busyness and the doing. There's no space for the being. And I think that that's standard for most people today. I mean, th- this is a very sharp jolt being offered, you know, by the cosmic forces, by Hashem, to say, slow down. Slow down and look again. Do Absolutely. it differently. Yeah. Absolutely. And I see Craig's asking me uh, uh, something. Craig, we'll do it after the next ex, uh, the next advert. Thanks so much. He's just sent me a message. Uh, we will get this right. I'm sorry to everyone listening in, but thank you for listening in to Wendy and I. Wendy, I also see that, you know what, 
As far as this toilet roll is concerned, you know, Bill Gates' message, I mean, he says that, you know, we, if this, this whole time is also reminding us of our materialistic, how materialistic we are and how we go out and we buy this and that and the next thing, but it's the essentials that we actually do need, which is the water, the food, the medicine, you know, as, as he says, as opposed to the luxuries that we sometimes unnecessarily give value to. Mm-hmm. You know, I just see like, you know, as one gets older, one starts giving away things. Absolutely. And letting go of things. And one spent one's whole life believing that one has to have those things. You know, one has to, one must, one should, one ought to. We, 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 we spend, we spend all those creative years acquiring just Absolutely. to give away. Well, so you know, I to be acquiring. Yeah. You know what, Wendy, I must admit, I was thinking the other day, I mean, I'm so sick of being called an elder, you know, but uh, the elderly this and the elderly that, you're not my age, but anyway, and I was thinking, well, you know what, I think as an elderly, this time is asking me really to declutter. Mm-hmm. So as you say, to give away, to start really looking at what no longer serves me in myself and yeah. In my home, you know, what can I get rid of that I have accumulated through the years? Absolutely. You know, what I'm also thinking is that, um, you know, we have to look at what internally we need to declutter, as you say. Mm. And I think it's a good opportunity, this, to look each one of us at our operating style in the world. So the way we handle this coronavirus um, um, challenge is the way we handle all challenges in our lives. We, we, we operate in, in terms of patterns. So someone who's very anxious is going to display heightened anxiety at this time. Someone who goes into denial will pretend it away and not want to notice it. Someone who sees themselves as invulnerable will go out into the streets, into the shops and refuse to, to stay back from other people. So this is really such a good opportunity for us to say, what are, what are some of the patterns that I display that aren't, that are not necessarily healthy or productive? Mm-hmm. And how can I challenge those and do it differently? You know, we've got such a mirror up to our own selves and our own behavior right now. And to start really taking a good look and saying, hold on, I'm doing this now in response to coronavirus. Where else am I doing this in my life that is, that is negative or destructive? And how can I change that? You know, Absolutely. especially when you're living in such close proximity to family members. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of what's going to be happening within a family, also the whole family system, is that a lot of people's identity is going to be affected because we're closing down. So what's, if your identity is tied in with your work, with the, whatever you do outside of the home, it's it, it's a time of, of actually re-looking at, at what our identity is. The other thing Bill Gates does say is that it's reminding us that our true work is not our job. That is what we do, not what we were created to do. Mm. Our true work is to look after each other, to protect each other, and to be of benefit to one another. And I think that's what I wanted to to add on. So important that I think the greatest meaning that each one of us can find at this time is in our service to others. 
in whatever way we can. You know, it feels so limited. You know, normally one can visit. You know, one can be in proximity to someone who's in need. One can give a hug. One can give words of support face to face. So, so it's very easy to say, okay, all that is gone. Nothing is, is available in terms of giving support to other, other people. But I think that's very, you know, closed minded thinking. We need to say, hold on. There are ways one can reach out. There are so many ways. You know, one could send a delivery of a gift. I know that uh, there are places now like um, the, the, the Salmon Siegel gift shop that will deliver a gift. For example, you know, one could send a food delivery mm-hmm. to someone. One could pick up the phone. One could do a Skype conference, a video, a video call. You know, we don't have to be isolated. We have to think outside of the box and say, how can I use technology to actually reach out? How can I still give? One can blog. One can offer words of inspiration. One can put little videos out to one's family. I mean, actually, the list is endless if one opens one mind. Yeah. You know what? We, we always do have a, a choice and, and we can definitely influence our surroundings, uh, and our circumstances in, in our own attitude. So it's back to, to us and our attitude and what do we choose? How, the stance we take towards what we're actually handling right now. And, you know, uh, I often think that laughter, of course, is a good idea. And uh, I remember reading somewhere, because you grow old, you grow old because you stop laughing. So <laughs> I think we need to carry, keep laughing. And then, I mean, you know, with this elderly that they keep talking about, when, um, I came across that senility prayer. Grant me the senility to forget the people I never liked, the good fortune to run into, well, now we'll have to say, um, think of the ones I did and the eyesight to tell the difference. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is too wonderful. I must say, I really, I really find it fascinating how you access these funny uh, videos and, and these that you're always sending, you know, and I send them on to whatever groups I'm on because I think we need to laugh. I think it's soul building and restoring. Yes, and you know, there's also another very short quote which says, one day your life will flash before your eyes. Make sure it is worth watching. So, last night I came across this little saying and I thought, oh my word, I sort of lay there thinking of my life and watching it flashing before my eyes and there was a lot I felt I had to change very quickly. (laughs) <laughs> especially especially an elderly, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm also very concerned about being in the elderly category because it says for people over 60. So now, well, I am 60, you know, and a couple of months. Am I over 60? Well, I suppose I am. So I kept thinking, you know, 61 means over 60. So I'm no, actually no. fighting that categorization because it's scary. Well, we're not going to go into that and anxiety. I'm sorry. We can't but panic about A 100%. I think the panic is the biggest thing we have to fight. And I think that we can challenge other people very, very gently and nicely when we notice they're descending into panic. You yeah. know, I think each one of us, can, hopefully one of us is less panicked than the other. Because <laughs> otherwise you're all just going to this vortex of, 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 of panic together. And well, again, you know, it doesn't this, 
And again, what we're, on that thing that you sent me from Bill Gates, it says that this is reminding us that uh, that after every difficulty, there is always ease. Life is cyclical, and this is just a phase in the great cycle. We do not need to panic. This too shall pass. And I mean, that's mm. what King Solomon said, isn't it? Hundred percent. I mean, when you when you look at what 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 we've lived through. What we've lived through as Jews. Absolutely. Just, you know, uh, yeah. And, I do feel, and also as South Africans, to tell you the truth, I do feel that we are a resilient people as a nation. We are a resilient people and together and already people are, are reaching out to the less fortunate and, and, uh, and trying to, um, you know, do things in their own homes to make it easier for everyone who works in the in the homes in the wherever with this closed down. And so we are, we are a resilient people, and and we will get through it. We're going to ad break again, Wend. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. I'm back with Wendy Handler. We have spent a good 45 minutes together and we're going to be wrapping up very shortly. But, uh, uh, you know, I remember that, that, uh, LM program. I was at Springbok Radio. I don't know, uh, when your dad was one of the wise men on Springbok Radio. So you might remember it. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the window. Do you remember that program? Oh. Of course, as from as was from taxi, taxi. <laughs> I knew I could rely on you to remember. When yeah, what message? What message would you like to? Yeah, from the elderly. Well done. You've got a good memory. What message would you like to end with? Well, I was just thinking what I'd like to say, both to myself and to you know everyone out there, is firstly dig deep, dig deep into yourself you know, into your own inner resources, into your resilience, into your optimism, into your trust, into your emuna, your faith in Hashem. Just dig deep. Dig deep and you'll find, and I think we'll each find much more than we thought even possible. And then, and then, and then look outwards. And then look outwards still. Look outwards in your vision to others. How can I help? How can I nurture? How can I offer support? How can I show a world of, a word of kindness? How can I care? I think that at the end of the day, our greatest sense of having um, achieved a victory at this time, a personal victory, is how did we come through this? You know, how did we offer and and stretch ourselves um, towards others? And I think just find ways to do that. Each one of us can really um, contribute to the health and the welfare of others. And I think that's what, what will bring us our greatest sense of, of, of purpose and meaning. And that will be most life giving, both for ourselves and for others around us. Amen to that. Absolutely. We're going to have to wrap up in a moment, but Judy uh, sent me a mess. Um, Judy in Uig in Australia sent me the most beautiful song. And it's called Go On Through It by Rita Wilson. Uh, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you, Jude. You sent me the words as well. But uh, just one part I want to read, uh, which is the, the middle part. It just says, time takes and it gives. 
Time hurts, but it also heals. The sun will still rise. You just got to try. Hope doesn't die. It still lives. You don't think you can do it, but you can. So go on through it. Thank you, Judy. It's beautiful. Listen to the words. And if you want to get it on Apple Music, it's by Rita Wilson. Go on through it. I want to end with this poem. How my witness, a strong person, I want to know. What dark did you conquer in your story? Mountains do not rise without earthquakes. And that was by Catherine McKennett. And I wish you all the strength and to walk together to know yourselves, to know each other, to help and care for each other. Thank you so much for listening in. I'll be back next week. Wendy, thank you so much. You've made me being on Skype for the first time much easier to handle. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing what you do for our community. Thank you, treasure. You're, you're my treasure and your community and, and the outer community's uh, treasure. And I just want to give you the High FM helpline and then your helpline also quickly went. Craig is sending me a message wrap up, but High FM helpline is 0800242436. Wendy, the Kalainu helpline, if you need any, um, if there's any abuse going on or, or anything like that, which just might happen in these lockdown when the families are, are with each other all the time. Please reach out to Kalenu as well. When do you happen to know your number off, off yeah. by hand? Yeah. It's o, it's o double one Great. So you can reach out to both of those, both our helplines, and they'll be able to help if you need us. Thank you so much. And Craig, thank you for your messages throughout the show. You have encouraged me and you've kept me on air. Thanks so much. Thank you, Wend. Signing off. Bye.